This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, O Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. You ever heard of an Arizona staring contest? That thing where you stare at an opponent until they blink. Winner gets a free run at the Senate seat in Arizona. You know, the weirdest thing is about an Arizona staring contest is you don't even do it in Arizona. You do it in D.C. And also, you don't determine whether or not you've won. Somebody else does. And even if you do win, you still might lose. It's kind of complicated. Phoenix is going to be the epicenter of one of the most interesting Senate races of 2024. Incumbent Kirsten Sinema will possibly defend her seat as an independent against not one, but two foes. Ruben Gallego, a well-funded representative who can be said to have chased Sinema out of the Democratic Party. And an as-yet-unnamed GOP challenger. Why do we need to pay attention to this race now, in January of 2023? Because there's already a lot of maneuvering, both in front and behind the scenes. And the big moves, the ones that have set this staring contest into motion, have already started. Both Cinema and Gallego have established their positions, and Gallego this week announced that he's running, all to convince the National Democratic Party to either sit this one out or to help remove a sitting senator who caucuses with the Democrats. And amongst all of it, one of the most dysfunctional state parties in the country, the Arizona GOP, has to decide who their champion will be. And among their options, a woman who claims she's the rightful governor of the Grand Canyon State despite losing last fall. Oh, cinema, Gallego. It's a DC standoff for domain in the desert, a struggle to control the gold in Goldwater country, an Arizona death triangle, and we cover it all on PX3. My name is Justin Robert Young. But first. On February 27, 2014, Ruben Gallego announced his candidacy for Congress in Arizona's 7th Congressional District with a tweet. I am in for Congress. And he was. Gallego won a five-way Democratic primary. That's the real contest in the heavily Democratic majority Latino district with 48.9% of the vote. That's good for a big group of people running. And then he won the general election with 74% of the vote. He's been reelected three times, never dropping below 70% of the vote. Faced a green candidate in 2018, defeated Republican challengers in 2016, and then 2020. That was his last time in the 7th District because of redistricting. Now he's in the 3rd District. Either way, it's in Phoenix, and it's very progressive and has a majority Latino voting base. So take that there. Ruben Gallego, rising star in the Democratic Party, 
somebody who is well-liked by progressives thought that he could go statewide, but hasn't yet. That doesn't mean that Gallego hasn't thought about going statewide. He flirted with it pretty heavily in 2020 before he decided to run for his congressional seat again. And that would have set up another rarity in Arizona, a competitive Democratic statewide primary. It would have been Gallego versus Mark Kelly. Now, that situation has not happened since 1994, and it didn't happen in 2020, obviously. But that's not to say that Gallego wasn't itching for it. An Arizona Republic article in 2019 quotes friends of the congressman telling anybody who would listen that Gallego was running. And yet, he declined. Gallego endorsed Kelly in May of that year. Kelly went on to hand Martha McSally her second consecutive statewide loss, therefore forever demonstrating that you do need two L's to spell McSally. Growing up poor, the only thing I really had was the American dream. An opportunity. It's the one thing that we give every American, no matter where they are born in life. It was actually something to believe in and to fight for. The odds that a single one immigrant mom with a Latino boy, statistically, I was never supposed to end up even in college. I slept on a floor in a couch in a roll-on mat. Hearing her cry like every night, being stressed out about how she was going to raise like four kids on a secretary's salary, you know, with an absent father. Fue una experiencia muy dura. Having to step up and be a father figure to my three sisters and skipping my teenage years influenced me a lot. When you're poor, you really need a belief and a hope in a better future. you want to make you one? And what helps to do that is when you have other people believe with you. My family, who didn't laugh at me when I told them I'm going to Harvard, had teachers did everything they could to make sure that it was possible. I had a government that believed in kids like me. I really did feel that I owed the country something. And we got sent to Iraq. Losing all my friends, consistently being shot at, and people trying to blow you up all the time. You never really fully come back from a war. You're not the same person. Fighting through PTSD. There were some very low moments in my life. But I still didn't give up hope and push forward. I found a new way to keep serving. Hey, hey, hey. You're the first group of people that are hearing this besides my family. I will be challenging Kirsten Cinema for the United States Senate, and I need all of your support. Those are the sounds of Gallego's announcement that he is running in 2024. It was released this week. Shot in a faux documentary format, Gallego is clearly hammering one issue and one issue only. He's poor and real compared to Kirsten Cinema, who is fake and rich. Gallego literally says the word poor several times. He lingers on his service as a Marine in Iraq and dwells on PTSD issues he's had since returning. It is effective. 
I feel bad for Gallego. In fact, that's my only criticism, is that the ad spends so much time talking about the hardships of the candidate, I I just kind of want him to have a nice life and to get out of politics. Why would somebody who's gone through all that and done well for themselves want to willingly deal with all these animals? There is a line between likable and pitiable, and this ad skirts it. And I can see why, after watching more of Gallego's interviews in preparation for this episode. Because Gallego has a bit of a hot streak, and that will be a challenge as the spotlight gets hotter and hotter on him. He once drew mild criticism for shouting at Paul Ryan during the repeal Obamacare attempt of Trump's first term and had very specific plans for the January 6th rioters. Like I was not going to get taken out by some insurrectionist bastard. My plan was to stab somebody in the eye and in the throat and take away their weapon and fight to survive. This kind of stand-up and be heard aggressiveness is something that plays extraordinarily well to progressives who watch MSNBC, where Gallego is a mainstay. But if I'm handicapping his liabilities going forward into this election, I gotta draw a little circle around his personal life because it is something that could be dredged up in an ugly fight if this gets there. And my suspicion is that we will skip any of the formalities of an actual contest between Gallego and Cinema and just get into the mudslinging because this is going to happen largely behind the scenes and will mostly be an influence campaign. But if we are looking at liabilities for Gallego, here is what I would say you got to keep an eye on. He married his Harvard classmate in 2010 before the pair moved to Arizona and eventually became pregnant. And yet before the baby was born, the pair divorced. I have no idea what that was about. They both both asked for privacy and that is fine. However, I don't know a lot of people for whom get divorced before a baby is born where there's not a story. Gallego's ex-wife, by the way, is the current mayor of Phoenix. So it's not like she's not going to be in the public eye. Love did not permanently evade Ruben, though, after that unfortunate setback. He has since remarried and this month announced that the couple are expecting a baby girl. Congratulations. His new wife is a lobbyist for the National Association of Realtors. And that's something else that could be awkward, considering how much of Gallego's criticism against Kirsten Cinema is tied to her connections to lobbyists. Gallego's announcement is about letting Democrats know that there is a new standard bearer in town. And that's because the Arizona Democratic Party, which has been on a heater in the last six years, has a bounty on one of its first big success stories, Kirsten Cinema. Progressives want Cinema gone and will tell anybody who will listen that she's become toxic to her voters. Polling done by the Public Policy Polling Institute on behalf of Gallego's campaign finds that 
In a race between Gallego, Cinema, and Kerry Lake, Cinema would finish third with a mere 13% of the vote. Yipes, so much for incumbent advantage. However, although Cinema would lose dramatically, her candidacy would still spell trouble for her former party. While Gallego, who leaned slightly to the left of the mainstream Democratic caucus with support for proposals like Medicare for All, would get 40% of the vote in this poll that he had conducted. Lake, the Republican candidate for governor of the state last year, would win passage to the Senate with 41% of the vote. This is only one poll. This was done by Gallego. It obviously tells a story for which he would like to be told. Cinema needs to step down now. She has become unelectable, and she needs to make sure that a Democrat keeps this seat. If she selfishly runs, she's handing it to the Republicans. Then again, if that is the story you need to tell, then look at it from Cinema's perspective. Gallego just launched a statewide campaign without the backing of his own party. Are those the actions of a man who's the favorite to win a power battle? Do you feel in control? We take a look at the Cinema side of this equation in the battle for funding right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys know I love this. This is my favorite stuff. I love elections. I love skull and uh, skullduggery. I, I love behind the scenes stuff. Gallego versus Cinema is a shadow proxy battle that we are going to be following each and every step of the way. And the only way you can make sure that you get all of it is by heading on over to takepoliticsseriously.com. That's our Patreon. That's where we do our bonus episodes at the $3 level. That's three bucks per week, right? Price of a cup of coffee, a large cup of coffee, right? Maybe a latte. But if you think of it like this, me getting in your car, on your commute, four days a week, and I'm just telling you everything I've thought of, and especially now with our, with our, kind of production-enhanced format. I'm also bringing sound effects. I'm bringing Foley. <laughs> I'm, bringing, I'm bringing a bunch of stuff. This is a very entertaining car ride. And all I ask is that once a week, we just pull into the Starbucks drive through and you just get me a gigantic large coffee. Oh, boy. I love coffee. Head on over there right now. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. $3 level gets you two bonus episodes each week. And the $1 level will be where a ad-free version of this show will live. The process begins this week. We are migrating this, uh, this show over to a platform that delivers ads. So... Just so you know, I don't want anybody complaining. I have been warning people for for a month now. Process begins. Head on over. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. One dollar a week. One dollar a week. Gives you you an ad-free feed. Just that easy. 
TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Cinema used to be the poster child for the modern Democratic Party. Bisexual, unmarried, triathlete, the first of two senators to turn Arizona fully blue in the Senate. She was a frontline anti war advocate, a Green Party provocateur in her youth before transitioning to government. Add that to her unconventional fashion and you have the makings of a Twitter-ready yes queen icon. Here are some headlines circa January 2019 when she was sworn into the Senate. Kirsten Cinema is the first openly bisexual senator and she is amazing. Here's another one. Social media goes wild for Kirsten Cinema's unique sense of style during her swearing in as the nation's first openly bisexual senator by Mike Pence using a copy of the Constitution and not the Bible. Now compare that to headlines from this week. Nobody likes Kirsten Cinema more than Kirsten Cinema. Here's another. Kirsten Cinema working hard to finish fourth in a three-way Senate race. How about one more? Who wants Kirsten Cinema's stinky old stilettos? So, what happened? Well, Kirsten Cinema proved herself to be someone a little bit more complicated than meets the eye. Her 2018 Senate opponent sought to damage Cinema's pitch as an independent voice who could reach across the aisle by showing her past. Cinema's radical days as a protester. Nationally, progressive Democrats saw an ultra lefty who could talk to normies and get elected statewide, which is as good as gold if you are looking at that field of thought. In fact, it's the exact same reputation that Gallego has now. Here's the issue. Turns out that Cinema was serious about reaching across the aisle. I cannot recommend a profile by Mother Jones back in 2021 highly enough. Uh, it's uh, from radical activist to Senate obstructionist, the metamorphosis of Kirsten Cinema. I-, I know that a lot of y'all might not love Mother Jones. It's a very well-written bio that does a very good job of explaining how she became particularly frustrated by the protest movement from which she was birthed politically and how she realized when she was still in the Arizona State House that reaching across the aisle and making friends with people that could actually advance things through the Senate was going to be her claim to fame. Shock and surprise, when she got to D.C., she wound up running the same playbook and becoming friendly with people across the aisle, specifically moderate Republicans. Needless to say, when it came to progressives, the bloom for cinema was off the rose quickly. 
By September of 2019, she was censured by her state party for voting with Republicans too much, specifically for the confirmation of Attorney General William Barr, voting against net neutrality and voting to confirm David Bernhardt as Secretary of the Interior. To that noise, she had this to say, quote, I promised Arizonans that I would never be part of that typical Washington chaos and drama, and I'm going to continue to stay focused, just like a laser, on the stuff that actually matters to the people in their everyday lives. And of course, by 2021, she'd become the epicenter of typical Washington chaos and drama. There was her dramatic thumbs down in a vote for $15 federal minimum wage and then the filibuster we talked a lot about the filibuster when this was happening I did not enjoy talking about it then it is a circular conversation where everybody is talking about different things simultaneously and pretending that they're having a conversation but if you were living under a rock here's the short 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 version to pass something in the Senate, you need 60 votes out of 100. If you have the majority of the votes, like, for example, 50 votes plus the tiebreaker, but not the 60, then the maneuver used by the other side to prevent that bill from moving forward is called the filibuster. In our modern era of evenly split Senates, many have thirsted to either abolish or amend the filibuster. In fact, both Trump and Biden have said that they'd like to see it either removed or changed to pass legislation that they wanted to sign on their desk. Progressives really wanted the filibuster gone over the last few years for a variety of reasons, including the failed Build Back Better bill, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, and more. Yet two Democratic senators stood in the way of it changing. Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Cinema of Arizona. Progressives got big mad. The two didn't budge. Progressives protested. They still didn't budge. They protested Manchin's yacht. He didn't do anything. They chased Cinema into a bathroom. She didn't move. And eventually, reluctantly, the Democratic Party moved on and crafted the Inflation Reduction Act, which Cinema and Manchin supported. But that was an embarrassing blow for the progressives. This was the plan. The thing that they had wanted since Obama. Don't pre-negotiate. Do not settle for half a loaf right at the beginning. Make a big bold, generational plan, and the Democrats will fall in line. Well, they didn't. And now Manchin and Cinema are up for re-election. And while MSNBC might not play in West Virginia, it certainly does in Arizona. And that means that it's time to take a head. And it's Cinema's well-coiffed blonde one that they want. And so Gallego gets the support. Gallego is now running. Cinema, meanwhile, announces that she is no longer a part of the Democratic Party. We make decisions about what's best for ourselves, our family, and our community. 
And so we don't spend a lot of time thinking about, is this a Republican idea or is this a Democratic idea? Is this liberal or is this conservative? That's not how Arizonans think. What we think about is, what's right for my family? What's right for my community? What's right for my future? There's nothing better than waking up in Arizona, nothing. Whether you're waking up in Bisbee or Phoenix or Prescott, you wake up in the morning and you think to yourself, I live in a place where I can be whoever I wanna be. What I love about serving is that I get to hear from Arizonans day in and day out about what's working in Washington or more frequently, what's not working in Washington. And I really am grateful that folks have trusted me to take back those concerns that they have. I promised them I would be an independent voice for our state. I promised that I would always do what is right for the people of Arizona. And that's what I've done. Registering as an independent and showing up to work with the title of independent is a reflection of who I've always been. And it's a reflection of who Arizona is. It's a reflection of the folks that I talk to at the grocery store, hear from at the park. It's who we are as a people. We don't line up to do what we're told. We do what's right for our state and for our country. I'm gonna be the same person I've always been. That's, that's who I am. I'm gonna show up to work. I'm gonna do my best for Arizona. I'm gonna continue to deliver results for everyday people. Nothing's gonna change for me. And I don't think anything's gonna change for Arizona. And I think Arizonans across the state are gonna say, yeah, that's the Kirsten we elected. That's who we sent to DC. And she's doing exactly what we asked her to do. And there's nothing that Arizonans deserve more than a senator who gets stuff done. I was not alone in my assumption that that video, which sounds very much like a campaign announcement video for an independent senatorial run in Arizona with as many places in Arizona that she mentions. She still hasn't formally announced. And that is a feature, not a bug for many in the Democratic Party who don't want to pick a side. At least not right now. Despite the fact that this is the time that Ruben Gallego would really like for people to pick a side because these are the battle lines that are being drawn right now. The longer that the Democratic Party doesn't flock to Ruben Gallego, the more that cinema can say, you know how this is going to work out. You can either risk losing this seat and you can pay money to do it. Or you can be pretty assured that I'm going to win. I'm the incumbent. The Republicans are going to nominate somebody kooky. I mean, at this point, the two most buzzed about candidates for this race are Blake Masters, who lost for Senate in 2022, and Kerry Lake, who lost for governor. In 2022. And at this point, at least Masters conceded he lost. Kerry Lake hasn't. 
Carrie Lake has made noises that she is the duly elected governor of Arizona. So I don't know how that would work. I assume she would have to put down one mantle before running for the other. It's Carrie Lake, and I wanted to update you on what's happening in our fight against Arizona's sham elections and those who run them. For starters, I want you to know that I am firmly in this fight with you. Maricopa County just couldn't wait to certify their botched election. The botched election where half of Election Day voting centers were inoperable. The botched election where Election Day printers caused mayhem across the county. Arizona, America, if we do not stand up and speak up right now about the most dishonest elections in the history of Arizona, I truly fear for our future. Our sacred vote is supposed to be the great equalizer of the people. And right now, our vote has been trampled upon. Back in D.C., Senate Democrats didn't want to answer questions about Gallego and cinema. Senator Tammy Baldwin said the word premature five times in a row before the elevator door closed, according to reporter Igor Bobich. Democratic Senate Congressional Committee Chair Gary Peters wouldn't commit to backing Gallego on the day of his announcement. Quote, Senator Sinema is a friend of mine, and I don't know if she's planning on running or what her intentions are. I don't want to get out in front of what she wants to do. We will have to wait and see what happens. It's still really early. In a statement, DSCC spokesperson Nora Keefe didn't mention Cinema or Gallego. Quote, Republicans have suffered resounding Senate defeats in Arizona in the last three election cycles, and we are confident that we will stop Republicans in their effort to take this Senate seat. More. From Punchbowl, the Democratic hesitancy isn't stopping Senator John Hickenlooper, who praised Cinema and signaled that he'd back her over the Democratic nominee. Quote, I don't always agree with her, but I think having a voice like that, she says what she thinks, and I think that she adds value to the caucus. And she's caucusing with Democrats. The problem is she's too moderate as a Democrat. Well, half the time, that's what they say about me. Meanwhile, Joe Manchin, who has effectively been her tag team partner over the last two years, said he is totally supportive of cinema and that his party leaders should support somebody who brings some peace, if you will, some rational thinking on some of this stuff without being pushed too far to the left or to the right. As for cinema herself, she did not talk to reporters and only audibly said that it's cold in Washington, D.C., and asked for her jacket. So if the decision-making on this is largely going to revolve around the money distributors in the Democratic Senate, then let's look at the situation that they are looking at. And it's not a great one. The Cook Political Report with Amy Walter released their 2024 Senate race ratings this week. And even with a particularly rosy set of of, uh, glasses on, they have a a, a very, very challenging map. Uh, uh, States that Democrats did compete in, like Texas and Florida, are looked at as likely Republican, if not safe, Republicans, 
you have toss-ups in Ohio, which has become far more Republican over the last six years with the Sherrod Brown as an incumbent there. West Virginia looks like it might finally turn on Joe Manchin. And then they have as a toss-up cinema in Arizona. Let's put that to the side for a second. You also have lean Democratic races in Michigan, Montana, which is, to me, kind of a question. Nevada, which ran very, very closely in 2022. Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. I would say Pennsylvania and Wisconsin are probably more safely lean Democrat. What I'm trying to get at here is that there are going to be a lot of tough battles for the Democrats. It's going to be a challenge for them to hold the Senate. And if that's the case, do you want to spend money on Ruben Gallego if you cannot confirm that Kirsten Cinema isn't going to run? Because if you can't do that, then you might be spending money that could otherwise be used elsewhere on this map to lose a seat. Gallego is forcing the issue, and Cinema will sit pretty until she feels the need to step in. Because in my mind, the sound of silence is a standing ovation for her position right now. Gallego needs support. Gallego needs money. Cinema needs more and more time that that doesn't happen for him. Politics, politics, politics is written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. If you would like to email the show, it is theyoungamerican at gmail.com. You can hit me up personally on Twitter, Justin R. Young. You can hit up the show on Twitter, PX3 Tweets. Follow me live on Twitch. Do some morning coffee chats. Usually Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, although I'm off this Friday because I'm going to Florida for a bachelor party. You'll still get an episode, though. You can find that at px3live.com. Head over there and then, uh, you know, subscribe or follow. I think follow. Follows are free. Everybody's got their own terminology. You can share this podcast with your friends, family, and clergy, px3podcast.com. If you'd like to support me with a one-time donation, it is paypal.me slash payjury. My Venmo is justin-young-20. Venmo money's not real. See for yourself. Cash app money isn't real either. Px3 cash is where you can drop me a dollar if you think that this thing is worthwhile. And of course, anything in the mail can come P.O. Box. 153184 Austin, Texas 78715. Again, that is Post Office Box 153184 Austin, Texas 78715. There's only one place where you can get our bonus content, and that is takepoliticsseriously.com. $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week, covering all the news that we miss on our free podcasting schedule. And our $10 tier gets your name right at the end of the show, like these fine folks in the Titanic. $10 tier. 
Dustin, Jason, Andre, C. Garcia, Matt, Craig, Potts, MC Radio, Unsafe, DB Levels, Katie, Amanda, Yield, Pinball Shop, DP4, Bongo, Niemeister, Catherine, Todd, and vote Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. Edison, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile Runner, Idris, Arslandian, Blue Front, and the Lenina, DL, Steven. Chad, Nomadic, Terran, Molly's Dashing Debut, Miranda Janelle, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul is awesome, Brad, Richard, just another pilot, Middle-Aged Mike, who loves Frank, got abducted, Utah, Jimmy, Montana, the Gen, A-L-D-L-D-L-D, really, Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua, if you would like your name right at the end of the program, well, then, uh, Head on over, takepoliticsseriously.com. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our look into the behind-the-scenes battle in Arizona. We will be back on the free feed on Friday with, uh, uh, as, as good as we can, a encyclopedic understanding of the George Santos story right now. (laughs) So based on this week, everything that George Santos has lied about, we're going to do our best to get all of it as well as look into one of the most fascinating turns in this, which is I think a fairly legitimate, but uncomfortable question to ask. Is George Santos an American citizen? And is it surprising that this has ended in a birther controversy? Uh, It also gives us an excuse to look back at the 2008 birther situation with Obama. Till then, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying... Some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this is the only show that dares discuss. Oh, three. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Dog and Pony Show Audio.